Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi, everyone. Before we dive into this week's episode of the show, I just wanted to share a tiny little trigger warning. If it wasn't evident by the title and the description of this show, we are going to talk about poop on this episode of the podcast. So if you don't like to talk about that kind of stuff or hear someone else talk about it, this episode might not be for you. But honestly, this has been one of my favorite episodes to record. I really think it's time for all of us to unpack some of our poop shame. So I hope you're ready for this episode. I am so ready to share it with you. Let's dive in. All right. It's a brand new week on the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. It is the second to last week of our stay in Sweden. And I'm sitting here looking out at the water and the forest and the trees and feeling a lot of different things right now. Also, we are in the midst of a pretty big shoot for yogagirl.com for our online platform. I am back in just a little bit of creation mode. I don't feel like I'm in full on all the way creation mode the way I normally go all in for a shoot or a creating something for the site. But we started production for something really, really, really amazing. So if you're not already hanging out at yogagirl.com practicing with me, now is a good time to do it because we're going to be releasing some really beautiful offerings there soon. But I was just contemplating here. I'm, I'm drinking a cup of coffee I'm drinking a soy cappuccino today. I haven't had soy milk in so long. And the reason I'm drinking soy milk is because I no longer drink oat milk, which will relate to a bunch of stuff, including digestion and poop that we're going to talk about for this episode. But um, before I get into that, you know, I was just sitting here with my cup of coffee, just contemplating the fact that we are producing something right now. So that means that it's, you know, we have two videographers bunch of people behind the scenes who you know and stuff and work that goes into content planning and this content creation and it's been a long time coming and normally when we are in production it is it is a little bit of 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 panic 
<laughs> all the time. You know, it's like going into production for something when I'm filming a course or filming a class or filming a retreat or filming something, there is this sense of urgency all the time. And normally for a project like this, I would feel that way. It would be all hands on deck, all in, all day. And this time it's just totally different. It's totally different. We are so relaxed. We're a smaller team and we're just so relaxed about this production week that we have going on here. There's a lot of work, like we're, there's the same amount of work, same hours of work, same hours of being on and present and same amount of work required for me. I just feel really relaxed about it. And I've never had that experience producing really anything. I've always had this feeling of it's so expensive to produce. We got to cram in as much as humanly possible in this one little space. Everything has to be perfect. And I go around and around for, the, for all of this. It's just I feel a lot of pressure to get it perfect all the time. And for this time, it's been really mellow. We started production yesterday morning. So today's the second day. And uh, a friend of mine just checked in like, hey, I know you're on day two. You okay? Like, how, how's everything? Because I have been nervous to dive back into to intensity of work after yeah after all <laughs> after all this time of dealing with mold and not working in that sense and I just responded to her is that everything's super relaxed like super relaxed you know we did a big shoot in the woods today and in the car and it's just like so how, how are you feeling was it okay and I'm like that was really easy and he's like what that, that was easy I'm like yeah that felt, that felt really easy for me. You know, he's like, normally this stuff isn't easy. This stuff is like intense and you need a break. And so I was just really feeling it now, you know, before I started recording this show, just a moment of, of gratitude for the growth that we have seen within our company, just in terms of, in terms of spiritual and energetic and emotional growth. We've all done, every person within the organization, Yoga Girl, we have all done so much work in the past year and we no longer have this sense of everything has to happen at the same time or everything has to happen right away. This, um, this urgency that was always present because we were doing so many things at the same time. And now I feel like we are just really present with one thing at a time, without this sense of things will fall apart if we don't go 110% every day. It's like, no, you know, we really, really, really changed how we go about our day to day, how we plan and how we project plan is a big thing. You know, normally we would have a lot of things aligning at the same time. And now it's like, it's just this one thing, you know, I don't have a bunch of other things to worry about. I don't have a retreat group. I don't have anything. I just have this production this week. Like, that's it. And I feel so grateful. I feel so grateful. And I know that a lot of this change that we've seen in the company, it's, it's come because I have changed. You know, the way I work, the urgency that I used to wake up with every single day. Of, oh, holy shit, it's a new day. I got to go all in for this day and maximize my input for this day, you know, for work. I don't, I don't live that way anymore. So it's trickled down. And now I really feel like no one lives that way anymore. We all have different things that we prioritize for the company you know we were uh, interviewing we've been interviewing for the past couple of weeks for a position in the company and it's been a while since we hired you know with corona we the, the team got smaller normally we're always bringing new people on because we were always in this growth 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 and then when the pandemic hit the team got smaller and we haven't done any hiring for two years maybe something like that like not a single person 
And now we have a position opening up or that opened up. So we've had a couple of weeks of just a lot of interviews. And it's been really exciting to look through resumes and really identify the best possible candidate for a position versus the feeling I always used to have before when we were hiring, which was like, we don't have time to look for this perfect fit. We just got to, we got to roll with what we have, right? So like, we got to just take the first person that comes along that can kind of do this. Like that's how we had to work before because there was always so much going on. We didn't have time to pause, take a beat, zoom out, step back. You know, we, we didn't have that luxury and now we do. So it's just been a joy trying, you know, filling this position has been just, just a joy because I really got to feel like we could be divinely guided for the best person for that position to arrive, to really help change our lives for the better versus, oh my God, we need to fill this today. Let's take this person because they're available now, you know, which is how we used to do things. So it's just been a lot of change, a lot of change for Yoga Girl, a lot of change for, for me, a lot of change for our company, our employees, our team, and it's good change. And I just, yeah, I wanted to tap myself, tap ourselves on the back for that <laughs> a little bit because everything's feeling really good. So uh, back to my uh, soy cappuccino that I need to take a sip of before it gets cold. Mm, it's really good, actually. It's very, very good. So um, I did a thing the other day. Okay, I did a thing the other day. I want to talk about it. I am a little nervous to talk about it because I have a very old conditioning inside, like it's societal and familial and from within myself that this topic that I'm going to talk about today, that it's a little shameful and it's not something we're supposed to talk about. And I really want to get over that. So I'm also really happy to be recording this podcast and I'm happy that I'm going to share this thing that I did. But so I did a thing moving through mold illness and all this stuff with my health. It's, it's really pushed me a little bit harder than normal to really pursue different things for my well-being. Whereas before I've, I've been in a little bit of a rut for the past couple of years where I've just had some things that I return to again and again. Like I always return to acupuncture. Acupuncture really, really, really works for me. It's I've been on and off. It's just a, a medicine I've been really served by on and off for, I don't know, two decades, maybe a long time, a long time. And I keep coming back to that. There are certain kinds of plants and plant medicine that I return to again and again that always serve me in different ways whenever I'm feeling ill. But I've been kind of stuck in this rut of I do the same thing. And now all this different kind of stuff that I've been going through has required me to look in different places, right? It's required me to really expand my, expand my repertoire, expand my, my toolbox of things I try and things I use for my health. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So the other day I did something called colon hydrotherapy. It is a really fancy word for 
colonics. Okay. It's not the same thing as colonics hundred percent, but basically the gist of it, it is a colonic in a sense, but it's called colon hydrotherapy. And the reason I wanted to try this out, I've just, it's something that keeps coming up for me and it has for the past few years, honestly. It's something that just shows up for me in different ways. I meet someone and they tell me they just had an experience with that and it changed their life. Or I met someone who like does that every single year, twice a year. It's just been this thing that pops up and I'm intrigued and I've been wanting to do it, but I just never really did. The first experience or the first time I ever heard about colon hydrotherapy, I was 18 or 19. I was living in Costa Rica. I was working as an EA or as an executive assistant. I, I, I liked that title, but I was a personal assistant. Like I didn't really have a lot of executive duties, but that was the title. That's the title I would put on like a resume. <laughs> <laughs> after that. But I was a personal assistant, basically, for the CEO of this company that did real estate development and a bunch of other things in Costa Rica. And he wanted to go on a cleanse one day. I was also teaching yoga for that company. It was like very early on in my in my yoga teaching career. And it really was, I mean, I must have been 18, what solidified my my feeling that I actually could teach yoga. My first ever yoga class I ever taught was to in that company to that small group of people in the jungles of Costa Rica. So I'll, I'll always look back at that time like very, very fondly because it opened up a lot of things inside of myself that took me to where I am. But the, this, the boss that I had then wanted to go on a cleanse, wanted to get healthier, wanted to change his diet and told me like, hey, can you look into like finding like a really good, like a juice cleanse or some kind of cleanse that's like someone who can help us with that so we can all do it. And I can't remember how I found this girl. It was a girl, it was like a raw food person who did juice cleanses with a bunch of different herbs and she did fasts and she did all, a lot of different kinds of things. And I had no experience with that whatsoever. And uh, went into this protocol. Like I can't remember how this ended, but we started a protocol where all of us in this, I mean, we were, there was like five of us in that little team, but everyone was like going on this juice cleanse to change their lives and like change their health. And I'd never heard of a cleanse in my life. I mean, never. I had just become vegan. I had eaten this very traditional diet prior to that. I'd never given diet a thought, honestly, before I, I came to Costa Rica as an 18-year-old or, or 19. Oh, fuck, man, I'm getting old. I can't remember. <laughs> Well, late teens, anyway, I get, came to Costa Rica. I'd never given diet a thought. I'd never thought twice of like, what should I eat? What should I not eat? What do I feel good eating? What do I feel bad eating? Like, what serves me? What doesn't serve me? You know, what what's sustainable? What isn't? What's good for the planet? What isn't? How is this food produced? How is it grown? How did it get to my plate? Like, none of those questions had ever entered my mind. I had just always eat, eaten whatever was served, right? That was it. So I was eating all all conventional meats and chicken and fish and I mean any nothing organic, like all kinds of processed foods. I would go to McDonald's, like not the way, not religiously the way some people grow up, like with fast food all the time. But after school, it would be like a treat. I would go with my friends and get like one of those apple pies and a cheeseburger from 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 McDonald's. Like I used to love that. I loved soda. I loved candy. Like I had just like a big sweet tooth, always had my whole life. I was eating a lot of junk uh, and also a lot of home cooked meals because my mom would cook like home cooked stuff for us all the time. It's just a mix of whatever, right? But I never thought about diet. And then I came to Costa Rica, started dating a guy who was a manager for a vegan restaurant. 
And this vegan restaurant was owned by one of his best friends who later became one of my best friends who I'm still super close with to this day. His name's Josh. He'd been vegan since he was 11. So since he was super, super young. And uh, I remember he like looked at me like, like, oh, you just eat whatever. Like you never thought about that. You know, like you never thought about like what you eat. And I'm like, no, should I? Like, is there a good or a bad way to eat? Like, is there like pros and cons? Like, it didn't even occur to me that the things I put in my body will affect how I feel, right? So that was my big inspiration to go vegan. I went vegan and within three months, it was like a weight had been lifted. And not just, not like I lost a bunch of weight or anything, which I mean, I, I didn't even really. It was like a weight had been lifted in the sense of I'd been living with this fog kind of covering my my brain a fog weighing down my body uh, and I'm really sure when I look back at this time you know it was diet my change in diet was such a huge component to my spiritual and my emotional evolution and my the growth I saw in every area of my life it was really spurred on by all of a sudden I was eating tons of organic vegetables tons of organic fruits I was eating like foods that were farmed from this permaculture farm that where everything was just so beautifully grown from this really rich soil and really thoughtful and mindful meals put together like it was a whole different thing right and then not eating all of this heavy stuff and all of this like red meat and bad you know things that really didn't serve me that I was eating before and and I, I really can remember that feeling three months into being vegan or into changing my lifestyle in that major way. It was like this weight had been lifted and all of these ailments that I had suffered from my whole entire life, like all the allergies I'd had. I had I've had asthma and allergies since I was three and a half, four years old, really severe allergies. I mean, I was so allergic to animals like furry animals, cats, dogs horses like every, every kind of animal with fur that if someone had like hugged their dog at home and then they went to school and I just sat in the classroom with that person that had a dog at home I would get sick right I mean I was so severely severely allergic to cats it was like I would have to go to the hospital if you like if you hugged a cat and then hugged me like that was the end of my week you know I was so 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 allergic and there was also a bunch of stuff I couldn't eat. I was severely allergic to all kinds of nuts. Like I couldn't eat almonds or peanuts or not like I would go into anaphylactic shock or anything, but just if I ate a nut or, or any or like a sesame seed or any of those things that I couldn't have, my throat would swell up really, really badly. My whole mouth would swell up. Everything would itch. I would, it was just terrible, right? I couldn't eat tomatoes, couldn't eat green apples, couldn't eat stone fruits like peaches and cherries couldn't eat carrots. I mean, there was like a list of things I was allergic to and also pollen, like all kinds of pollens that, that go in cycles in Sweden. So I just, my whole life had like a runny nose all the time because I was allergic, was always like itching in the back of my throat because I ate the wrong thing, was always, my eyes were running or I was itchy or I couldn't breathe because there was animals around. Like I was just like a sick kid, right? And my dad had allergies or has allergies and asthma, my sister too. So it's also a genetic thing, but Three months after going vegan and changing my lifestyle in that way, all of these allergies just fell away. Like it was this, yeah, literally like a weight had been lifted. All of a sudden, I was—I remember this so clearly. We were around uh, at the dinner table at this vegan restaurant and someone brought out a bowl of macadamias. And macadamias was the nut I could never, ever, ever eat. Like I, I didn't even really know what macadamias tasted like because I'd always been so allergic and I just had this feeling like intuitively I wanted to reach for the bowl and grab a couple of macadamia nuts. And I thought, this is strange. I always intuitively knew like I can't have that. I would just push it away. Like, no, 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 no. That's bad for me. I, I would get really sick. 
And then I felt this pull, like I want to eat this. So I told them at the table, I'm like, this is so strange. I really feel like I, I can eat these macadamia nuts, but I'm, I've been allergic my whole life. And then my friend went, well, like you've changed your lifestyle now. Like it's been a couple of months of like a lot of changes for you. Maybe some of these allergies have shifted. Do you want to try? And then did these kinesiology tests. I don't know if anyone listening has experience with that, but it's amazing. Amazing. And for me has always been like a slam dunk. So basically kinesiology, when you test for food sensitivities and things like that, you test the intuitive and energetic strength of the body in connection to different kinds of foods. So when you're holding something or you're in the presence of something that doesn't serve you, that your system just kind of weakens a little bit like your whole the whole energetic field of your body is like oh this is not good for me so it just weakens a little bit and when you eat something that's good for you you have more strength so it's of course anyone you know there's people who can think that who will think that this is like total mumbo jumbo and this hippy dippy thing and is it scientifically proven but I've just had really 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 strong experiences with this being 100% correct and this is one of those moments I uh he did these tests on me and I knew still I was super allergic to carrots. Like carrots, to this day, I can't eat like a raw carrot. If I have a raw carrot, I'm not going to die, but all my throat will itch and stuff. I'll still eat some raw carrot because I, I like it, but it's not, I can't eat a bag of carrots, like no way. But at that, at that time, I was really allergic to them still. Like I really couldn't have any. And then uh, he brought out like a bag of carrots, like, okay, like hold the bag and then did these tests like, you know, these strength tests with my body. And it was really clear, like my body was just weak holding this bag. And then switched to something pretty neutral. I can't remember what that was, something I knew I could eat, maybe like a papaya. It was like a fruit I knew I could have. And I felt really strong and all these tests, my body responded very differently. And then I tried the macadamias and they responded the same way as they did with that fruit. So I was like, yeah, like I really feel like I can eat this. And then I had one, felt great had another one, felt great, had the whole bowl, didn't get sick, right? So I'm not telling people who like have a deathly allergy to nuts to go out there and just intuitively feel it. But I really, 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 really believe that intuition when it comes to food is something we should be spending more time honing in ourselves. That feeling of does this serve me or does it not serve me? And up until that point in my life, this was my first experience really feeling that. And my mind was blown. I mean, you can imagine. Imagine going your whole life not being able to eat any nuts, any of these things. And then after changing my life in that way, three months in, like all those allergies just fell away. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So when I came back from my first trip to Costa Rica, I came back a new person. I wasn't allergic to any of those things anymore. I came back with a dog, right? I adopted a dog, me, the person who could never visit people who had dogs at home because I was so allergic. I came home with a puppy, right? Like I, everything shifted. Like I just, my whole life changed. And that was my first experience with colonics was at that same time I started working for that company and we were going to do this cleanse. And this girl came to the house. We were one day into this cleanse or something. She came to the house and she set up these 
beach chairs, like lounge chairs, plastic lounge chairs in the bathroom, like in the shower. And I remember being so confused by this, like, like what is, what's going to happen in the bathroom, you know? And then someone said like, well, that's, that's where you do the, the colonics. That's where you do the, the colon hydrotherapy. And I was like, the colon, like, what, what is that? And someone said, well, you put a tube up your butt. <laughs> and you, it still fucking still makes me laugh to say that. And then you bring this flow of body temperature water through your colon to cleanse your colon. Um, from old stuff and old gunk and anything that like might be stuck in there or you know it's just like to to help help your cleanse along and I was like what like we're gonna put tubes up our butts in this bathroom like am I, I I just couldn't believe it I was not ready for that at all and then something happened I can't remember but like two or three days into this 10 day cleanse we had to stop because we had to travel and we ended up going somewhere so the, the, the colonics didn't happen anyway. And I remember being really relieved because I was kind of intrigued. Like I wasn't ready for that at all. I had no idea what that was. But since that time, I've had this little urge to, to, to do one or to, to give that therapy a big try. And earlier this year, I started researching it to see if I could find a place who did it in Aruba, which was a long shot. And I did find one place. There was one like natural doctor that does it there. But it's a, he's a guy. And I have a lot of, lot of old trauma and weird sexual abuse history with, with men, especially men in that kind of healing field. So I really, really don't feel comfortable. Like I still, I've only had one massage by a man in the past like 10 years or something or in the past eight years, maybe. So I knew I'm like, no, I'm not going to have this intimate of a, of a treatment from a man. I just don't feel comfortable. So I thought, okay, I'll wait. And then we got to Sweden and I started researching it and I found this place. Okay. And I'm going to share the name of this clinic. So if you're in Sweden, you can definitely look this place up if you feel interested. Okay. It's called Hela Hälsan and it's in Jorthagen. And it was literally, I started researching it. There wasn't that many places in Sweden who did it, even in Stockholm, which normally you can find so many different kinds of alternative treatments and things in Stockholm. I couldn't find a lot at all. But this place kept popping up. So I was like, okay. And it's it was booked months in advance. So I booked this a long, long time ago. And like colon hydrotherapy, right? And I, I kind of knew what it was-ish, but I hadn't done a big amount of research. I just felt intuitively very strongly that this is something that is going to help my health along right now. Like it was one of those, it was one of those macadamia nuts moments for me where I just... Like Dennis was asking, what is this treatment you're doing? It was, I was there for five hours. It was hours and hours and hours. It was a whole day. Like I was there. Like, what exactly is it? Like, do you even know this doctor? And I'm like, no, I just really feel like I feel it. This is something that's going to help me. I just know it is. So what colon hydrotherapy is, it is essentially a colonic, right? It's not the same thing when like prior to getting a colonoscopy, like at the hospital, they'll make you empty your bowels and they want to make sure your bowels are totally empty for an x-ray. It's not that or for an extra for, for the camera. If you're going to you know, check that you, you don't have a serious illness or something, sometimes you, you do that. It's not the same thing because that's a kind of a quick version to just like push your poop out basically is what that to make sure you don't have poop in your intestines. Right. And I'm, I'm going to be butchering this a lot. OK, I'm obviously not <laughs> not a doctor. Hashtag not a doctor. Um, but basically like a colonic like that you would get at a hospital is like a super simplified, very unpleasant from what I hear and very clinical, like medical kind of thing that you do for a procedure. This is not what that is. But so 
when you do colon hydrotherapy, it's in a very trusting, or it's supposed to be in a very trusting, calm, comfortable, intimate, and like an, an environment that allows you to be vulnerable and really, really, really relax, right? I, if I would have done this treatment like with fluorescent lighting in some hospital somewhere with like, you know, some doctor running in and out, stressed, trying to manage a bunch of patients at the same time, it would have been a totally different experience. So this is not what that is in that sense. It's also highly emotional and highly energetic. So the tube and the butt thing is true though. So you you come in, you get to put a little tube up your butt <laughs> that's connected to a longer tube that's connected to a machine. And then basically it's a step-by-step process where you flood your intestines and it's your big, is this what you call it? Your big intestine. In Swedish we say <laughs> you flush your like big intestines with body temperature water in stages. So it's kind of like you, you fill up and then you let it all come out and then you fill up a little bit more and you let it all come out and little by little you get to go deeper and deeper and deeper into your intestines. Our intestines are meters and meters long, right? I mean our colon. Am I saying intestines when I mean colon? Oh my God. Our colon is meters and meters and meters long. Like it's there's just so much of it. And basically the gist of it is that throughout our lives and a lifetime of eating all kinds of different foods. Some foods, or for for some of us, a lot of foods for a big portion of our lives that actually isn't easy for the body to, to digest or foods that aren't really good for us. And what can happen is that there are things left behind in the colon or that sometimes a phlegm is created in the colon from undigested foods or foods that instead of being just absorbed by the colon and then turned into nutrients that the body can live off of, it stays there and accumulates as something else, as like a phlegm type substance that sits in your colon and kind of covers the wall of the, the inner lining of the colon. And when that happens, it means that when you eat foods and it enters the colon and it's supposed to become digested in your body and turned into nutrients so your body can absorb the nutrients, when the colon is lined with a bunch of old stuff, the body can't absorb the nutrients from the food that you're eating. So what this woman was explaining was for most people or a lot of people that she sees, they have so much gunk, even though you're pooping, maybe you're pooping regularly, you're having good poops, there's so much gunk lining the, the colon, that it doesn't matter if you're eating superfoods all day long or you're like the healthiest person ever with the best diet ever, you're not going to be able to absorb the full spectrum of those nutrients, you know. And for some people, it actually means or could mean malnutrition, that you're eating really healthily, but you don't know, why is my iron level so low? Why is my B12 so low? Why do I have all of these bad like blabs coming back when I draw blood, but I eat all this stuff or I even I take you know, I, I really, I really do my best to really eat as well as I can. Right. So basically, you know, and the, the topic of poop, and I've been really thinking about this because for the past couple of days, I've been talking about poop a lot. I'm not like a poop talking person. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm married to a person who's like really fascinated by poop. And we'll talk about poop all the time. Like Dennis will loudly like announce to anyone, anyone listening, like we can have guests over, we can have like whoever, we can be in a business meeting, like it really doesn't matter. We can be with my parents, it doesn't matter. He will just announce he has a very important fax to send. <clears throat> like he has to go take a giant dump and then he'll like go and sit in the bathroom for an hour to poop. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just, and, and I, I know for, it's also kind of like a guy thing. Like I know a lot of guys just feel more comfortable talking about bowel movements and talking about poop probably because of course, because of societal conditioning and we live in a patriarchy where men are like, men can talk about jerking off and masturbation and pooping and peeing and all that stuff happens so naturally. And they're like encouraged to talk and joke and laugh about that kind of stuff. But women and girls were supposed to pretend like we don't even go to the bathroom. And if we go to the bathroom, it's just to like deposit a flower scented little package that no one ever gets to see. And we have to make sure it doesn't make any noise when we go. And then whew, hurry up and wash your hands and make sure it doesn't smell. And like the, the moment didn't even happen. And then you ease back into your moment, into your life. You know, it's almost like we're supposed to pretend like we don't fucking take shits. Like, come on. And I know this isn't the case for everyone. Like I have friends in my life. I have a really good friend growing up who always was that one girl in class when we were in school who would like announce like, I got to take a shit. <laughs> and everyone would laugh. And she was like that funny girl, you know, and I always remember like, how can she say that? How can she talk like that? I always felt so embarrassed about poop just overall. And I don't know when this started or why this started or how that was kind of conditioned in me, but it's just, I've always been that way in a sense. So even though, of course, like everyone in my life knows I poop, right? And if I have like a problem or if I can't go to the bathroom, or it's, it almost never happens. Like I don't really have a lot of stomach issues. But if it would happen that I'm constipated or something's going on, then of course, like I would mention it to Dennis if something's going on or I'm in, I have stomach pain or something like that. It's not like I'm hiding that. It's just I don't talk about it. I generally, unless I have to, unless for some reason, right, I just don't talk about going to the bathroom. Even to the extent of like, I kind of wish I did more. I wish I felt more natural around that. I don't want Leia to grow up because this is how what I used to do. So when I was younger, if I had to go number two at someone else's house or like I remember having boyfriends when I was a teenager and then having to go to the bathroom, I would hold it and not go and like make myself wait till I got home. And I mean, how unhealthy is that to like, and I mean, I kind of think I trained myself to be able to do that. Or I remember like having a boyfriend in high school and then the bathroom was really, it was right next to his bedroom. So right where we were spending time, like that was the bathroom. And I'm like, oh my God, like I could never go. What if he has to go inside after me and go into the bathroom? And he would know that I pooped. Like the idea for someone to like know that I pooped, it felt so awful. Like I felt truly awful. So I would sometimes really hold it almost to the point of like stomach pain and then sneak up in the middle of the night and like go and take sneaky poops in the middle of the night so that nobody would know. And and it wasn't that I had boyfriends or friends or anyone who would shame me or be like, oh, you know, make fun of me or anything. No, I just had this inherent shame about it, which is really, really strange. And even like in the beginning of, of mine and Dennis's relationship, because he's so open about it, he'll joke. Like I'll come out of the bathroom and he's like, oh, you know, he'll like wave in front of his face over in the kitchen. Like, oh, that was a big one, honey. You know, he's that kind of guy. Like he wants me to joke about poop. And I, in the beginning of our relationship, I would just be mortified. I would be just mortified. Like, please don't talk to me about that. I don't want you to know that I do that. <laughs> but if you think about it, like imagine if I didn't go. Imagine if I never pooped, like how concerning and absurd and bizarre and freaky and like horrible would that be? You know, it's just for me, it's like another example of 
how I as a woman or as a girl has kind of been taught to to not have big bodily needs to not have it's like I'm not supposed to have big bodily functions right it's like every month for a couple days I bleed through my vagina and I'm supposed to pretend like that doesn't really happen no one's supposed to see that when I was growing up no one was supposed to talk about it it was really shameful you had to really sneak your tampon in the back of your hand and hide it or like borrow someone's purse to go into the bathroom so you never had to like walk past and down the hall holding a tampon. I mean, that was like the shame of all shame. If anyone would see a tampon like fall out of your bag or something, like supposed to pretend like that doesn't ever happen, right? Supposed to like not talk about poop. Like we don't poop at all. Like that's not a thing. And if we poop, it has to be like very feminine and can't be like what it is, you know, (laughs) this bodily function. We're not supposed to like have big emotions about stuff. We're just supposed to like package ourselves and our bodies in these tiny, 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 tight, you know, specific looking packages that just smile all the time. (laughs) Why don't you smile more? Like... Maybe because I can't talk about taking shits and having periods, okay? Maybe that's why I don't smile so so much. But you, you guys know what I mean. Like, there's a lot to this, I think. And I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not. Um, I know, I mean, how many times have I gone to the bathroom and like put a lot of toilet paper into the toilet to make sure that when I went number two, it didn't make a sound, right? Or I would do this too. I would like leave the faucet on in the sink, like turn the water on, as I went, sometimes I would even do that like to pee because I felt like I'm peeing too loud. I don't want other people hearing me pee. And I mean, and I would like go through this whole like little dance to try to pretend like I didn't go to the bathroom, you know, or like when I did to, went to the bathroom, nothing happened in there. It's so bizarre. It is not okay. It's so, so insane. All this shame around these totally natural, normal things. And I know I'm sharing a lot of highly personal information with you. <laughs> And trust me, I'm about to get even more personal in just a second, but I feel really okay with that. I don't know. This experience, this colon hydrotherapy was the most intimate I have ever been with my own poop. Like I've never been this intimate with my body and this bodily function in this way. I've never been this intimate with myself in this way, with something that I always used to think of as like gross or, or, you know, like, like poop. We don't talk about that. And it was kind of a revelation for me. So If you are dealing with or if you have experienced any kind of shame around any of this stuff, please know that you're not alone. Please know that you're not alone. And the only way through that shame, the only way to break that cycle is to talk about it anyway, right? To just admit that I feel a lot of shame around this. It's hard for me to talk about and then do it in increments, do it little bits at a time, do it with friends, like get comfortable getting off the couch to be like, I got to go poop the same way you would say, I got to go pee. To me, it's really easy to say I got to go pee because I've like allowed myself to to be a person that pees, right? But I would never, ever, ever, ever in a public setting be like, I got to go poop. <laughs> like that, that would, it's like absurd to me. But that is my goal anyway, to become that comfortable with myself and my body that I can be that person. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Back to this treatment, right? So... Okay, I'm going to share, and this is my, me and my own experience. Of course, I am not a, I'm not a person who gives these treatments, right? I'm not a, a certified a whatever. I, I, I can't talk about all the ins and outs of how this is supposed to work, right? Or what's, what's it good for, what's it bad for, or, or, you know, benefits or precautions or cautionary things. Like, I can't talk about any of that. I can just share my experience, right? And my experience was I enter this space, and inside is a woman. Her name is Christina. She's 83 years old. She looks like she looks 60 max. She's 83 years old. She still works full time. She still runs her own clinic. Like the, this woman is not going to slow down for another 20, 30 years. Like I'm sure she's 83 years old, looks and feels great. And she's just very, very, very grounding, this super calm energy. And the whole clinic, it doesn't feel like a clinic. It feels like it feels like a place I just want to go take a nap. You know, it's so comfortable. It's so calming. There's a lavender, there's lavender diffusing somewhere out of sight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's just a lot of, a lot of cozy fabrics, two huge couches to like relax into and just a really welcoming, soft, like hippie, but loving atmosphere. Like I just immediately, as I walked in, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I was really nervous. Of course, as someone who like, has a hard time telling people she poops. Imagine going for a treatment where someone's going to put a tube up your butt, pump water into your colon, and then watch your poop float by through a little tube in front of you. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, we started almost right away and I it didn't hurt. There was no part. There was not a moment in this whole treatment where I felt any pain, where I felt any weirdness, where I felt like, no, none, none of that. It really was was super, super, and, and she was such a pro about it. I mean, she's done thousands of these. She's been doing this for decades and decades. She just knew how to be so that it wasn't awkward at all, at all, even though I was nervous. And then, so once the machine begins, the only uncomfortable part was like the first, I guess, five seconds of the water, like flooding your colon. It was cold. I don't know if that's always the case. And after five seconds, it became body temperature, and then you can't feel you can't feel the temperature of the water because it's the same tem temperature as your body, right? But that was like, ooh, that was like a super weird feeling. And then that passed and I got to lie completely on my back, like covered in blankets and like a heating pad on my belly. And it was just very cozy and very comfy. And I had this idea that because the treatment was so long that maybe I would like read a book. <laughs> maybe I'd get some work done. I'd, I'd send some emails or, you know, listen to a podcast or do something on my phone like I don't know what I thought but this woman was just totally present with me and really there because what I didn't realize before but I realized halfway through that a big component of this is the ability to really let go right to really let go of old toxic sludge that you have lingering on the inside to let go of toxins which is the case for I mean I know I know already I have a body riddled with toxins from mold and glyphosate and all these other things that we tested really intensely positive for after moving out of our of our toxic house 
And uh, to really be able to let go, it's not just this physiological process or this anatomical process of things emptying your, like emptying your bowels. You know, it's also this emotional component of being able to trust that I can let go here. It's a safe space to really release something. And holding on physically, and, and this is, of course, we can feel that feeling of holding on when we have a lot of trauma or baggage or judgment or fear insecurity it's like we can feel the tension that accumulates in the body i'm convinced now and i didn't know this like in this primal way that i know it now that that holding on happens with every physiological system within our anatomy too within the body too which of course makes so much sense like when we're holding on your body like your respiratory system can't expand into the fullest breath because you're in fight or flight or you're in this place of tension, in this place of, of, of rigidity, right? But when we feel safe and we trust, we soften, you know, we, we can automatically go into a deeper breath, right? Same goes for the digestive system, right? Anything we really want to release and really want to, to rid ourselves of, we have to feel really relaxed and really trusting. So I know that that was a big component of this treatment, which is why I think People do something similar at the hospital, but in this place of fear, oh my God, am I sick? Do I have stomach cancer? What are they going to find? You know, of course, it's horrible. I mean, of course, it's like nothing at all like this, right? And then that kind of treatment is also very, very quick, just with one purpose to like flush your bowels. And this has a much, like a totally different kind of purpose and it's much softer and much slower. You need a lot of time. So basically how it works for anyone who's, interested is like all this water flushes in through this tube up your butt and then in the beginning she it was kind of short these cycles like water coming in and then water coming out and then water coming in and then water coming out but as time was passing because of course the more you flush out the deeper into the colon you can go and she says it takes different time for different people some people need some people spend four to five hours in the treatment in one single treatment and she says some people after one hour they're clear so it depends. Some people need to return and do several treatments in a row before they're clear. And, and some people, it's just individual for everyone. But at the beginning, it was much gentler. And then in the end, it was really like, like she's like, you're going to feel this in different parts of your body. There's going to be a moment where you feel it like all the way up, like by your solar plexus and higher, like almost like up in your rib cage. I'm like, wait, my... My colon goes all the way up there. Are you kidding me? Like, that can't be true. She's like, well, it's going to feel like that, like on the front up here. And then you might feel it all the way down the right side of your back because your colon goes all the way through there too. And it was so bizarre because I could really, there was a point where I was like, oh my God, I feel this pressure now all the way up my ribs. <laughs> like I really, really did. And then in the very end, when you feel more and more comfortable with it, like I got to be the one to say, okay, like it's really full. And then she would release. And then the trippy thing is, so of course, like everything is releasing, right? Which means poop is coming out. Like everything you have in, in your colon and your large intestine is going to come out. And it comes out through this little tube that you can see the whole entire time. And, and I, I have, I don't know how many people can actually say that, that they've had that experience of like lying in a bed watching their insides like exit I mean that's a really intimate moment with yourself right it really 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 is and 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 I I couldn't stop watching I was just in awe of what was inside of me I was in awe I couldn't couldn't stop I couldn't stop I couldn't take my eyes off of this this little tube and the first thing that happened 
in the very beginning was just there was a lot of phlegm coming out. It was like very, should I have a trigger warning for this episode? Okay, I'm going to add a trigger warning to the beginning of this episode. I'm going to add another trigger warning here. If you're grossed out by poop, you need to like stop listening or jump to the end of this episode right now. So the first thing that came out was a lot of phlegm, like white, almost like cream yellow looking phlegm. So in this tube, you you see all this clear water passing through. And then all of a sudden it was like, it felt like meters and meters of fucking phlegm coming out of me. And then she asked, she was like, hey, did, did you, did you have oatmeal for breakfast? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I rarely actually have oatmeal for breakfast. I don't often do. And I feel like oatmeal, I mean, oatmeal is the most Swedish thing you could possibly have for breakfast. I mean, really, oatmeal with lingonberry jam and milk. Like that is, there's no more Swedish breakfast than that. And whenever I make oatmeal for the family, I make it differently. Like I, I always use organic oats, whole oats that take a long time to cook. I add hemp seeds and chia seeds and like a vegan protein powder I always throw in there. And then I'll add like different kinds, sometimes dried blueberries or different kinds of superfoods and spices and like cardamom and cinnamon. Like I make an effort with our like super oatmeal, right? And so whenever we do have oatmeal for breakfast, I feel like so good about it. Like I really serve my family the healthiest breakfast ever because oats are a superfood, right? Oats are like a super, super, super healthy food. Oats, they're such a staple. I often substitute regular flour, like white flour or wheat flour for oat flour. I do it so much. And uh, the first thing she said was, did you have oatmeal for breakfast? And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, oatmeal isn't really resonating with you. And I'm like, what do you mean resonating with me? She says, well, it's it's creating a lot of phlegm in your in your colon. Like you can see it. That's why it's coming out first because it's triggered. It's the most recent thing that's been triggered in your bowels. She's like, it's also mainly triggered by wheat. But for someone that is sensitive to that, and not everybody is, a lot of people can enjoy oats, but for someone who's sensitive to that, and it's pretty clear that like I would say that you are, shouldn't eat oats all every day. You shouldn't be eating oats every single day of your life. And I'm like, but I, I really do. I drink oat milk all day, you guys, all day. I drink oat milk. It, oat milk is my big substitute for, for whatever milk. Like I drink oat milk every day. I either drink it in my matcha or I drink it in my coffee or I add it to my oatmeal or I add it to whatever thing I'm making. Like I, I really drink oat milk every day. And here's this woman saying, my constitution isn't made for oats in that way. And I shouldn't have it every day. And I was like, this feels, this feels wild. Like we eat so much of it. And I had said already earlier, I told her a little bit about the mold and that the whole family was uh, detoxing. And she met Leia in the beginning because then as in Leia dropped me off and she said, well, does your daughter have any symptoms? And I said, well, she has pretty severe eczema that comes and goes. And then later in the treatment, when we were talking about oats, she was like, Hey, that eczema that your daughter deals with. I'm like, yeah. Have you ever eliminated oats from her diet? Just to check, you know, like give it, a week, 10 days, two weeks, never. I mean, that kid eat, that kid drinks oat milk every day because we all drink oat milk every day. So now I don't know if this is going to be true. Like this is just something one person told me, right? But I'm doing this elimination with her now just to check because I'm really curious about it. If it's going to be helpful or not, if she has that kind of constitution that she says I do. And then when she says constitution, like body constitution, not like the U.S. Constitution. That makes sense, right? In Swedish, we say constitution. It's like how things are put together, I guess. Body type, I guess. So anyway, all that phlegm came out. And then there was a lot of just regular poop came out. A lot of stuff. And uh, halfway through the treatment, 
Oh my God. This is hard to say. Halfway through the treatment, a worm came out. (laughs) I can't believe I am saying this on the podcast. (laughs) TMI. Okay. I know. I know. But how can I go through this treatment? How can I have this experience and not share it with you? I have, I must share it. Okay. A worm came out. Okay. And I don't know exactly what kind. And she was so cool. Like what I loved most about her was she was really chill about it. She was like, yeah, most people have, like most people expel worms in these, in these treatments. Like, oh, it's very, very common. She, she said it, it's more common, I think, to not have any kind of parasites than it is to actually have parasites, especially if you've traveled at all in your, in your life. And especially if this is your first time doing colon hydrotherapy, like it's very common. Don't freak out doesn't mean that your whole body is riddled with worms and that there's this like terrible thing. So there's different kinds. This is just like a regular kind, <laughs> like a regular kind. Like, what does it mean? A regular kind. But because she didn't freak out and didn't make a big deal of it, I didn't make a big deal of it either. And that was it. <laughs> and then that was kind of the, 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 the big thing of it. And the fun, fun part about it or the fun, I mean, it's kind of uncomfortable to lie there, especially at the end when, when your body gets really, 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 really full. And then you get really, really, really empty. And then you get even fuller and then even emptier. And then somewhere around the end, she said, okay, so now we are getting very close to the end of the large intestine. You can't reach the small intestine and it's in the small intestine that most people have a lot of inflammation and a lot of challenges there. So she said, and then I was kind of lying on the table, but nothing more was coming out. It was just very, very clear for a long time. And she said, okay, I'm going to just get in here with my, with my thumbs and like from my, from my lower back kind of side a little bit and, and, and on my stomach and, and see if we can get your like small intestine going, I guess. And then she did that. And then it was like a, it was like a little explosion (laughs) that happened. And the amount of phlegm that came out from there, it was like, I couldn't believe it. I was almost like my, my jaw was on the floor. I couldn't, I cannot still, I cannot believe how I've been living my life every single day with my colon, this jammed up with stuff. It was totally bizarre. And then I really asked, I'm like, does everybody have this? She said, no, no. Like, you know, people who really like if you she says if you eliminate wheat you stop eating wheat that was the first thing she said was really important I'm gonna do that and see how I feel not saying you have to do it just because I'm doing it I mean every single person has a different health journey but she recommended I quit wheat and she said and you really do that and you come back like you're not going to see this phlegm she says but if you continue and you go home and you eat white bread every day and then you do this treatment again you're going to see that phlegm like right away she's like that's one of the biggest issues that people have And now I'm going to share the most, (laughs) the grossest part of the day, which wasn't the worm that I found out was living in my stomach, but something, something grosser. Okay. So (laughs) when I was almost done with the treatment, I really had to pee. And she was like, but that's good. Like go pee and then go to the bathroom all the way, like go empty all the way, because it's different when you do it yourself compared to when you have the, the machine do it for you through water. Um, so sometimes you can expel something bigger or something greater when you're on the bathroom in the middle of one of these sessions. And I was like, okay. So I went and I went. <laughs> I don't know how I can say this in the graceful, non-gross way, okay? <laughs> There's no way to say it. The thing that came out of me, and I've been trying to explain this, like I was 
explaining this to Dennis in graphic detail, like whatever shame I used to have about poop clearly has just like left the building. I feel no, I feel no shame. I'm recording a whole fucking episode to you about poop. The thing that came out of me, I thought it was the worm. I thought it was a worm the size of like a tube sock. So imagine a white tube sock, like one of those kind of thick socks that like sport people wear, but it's all white. But imagine it's like six foot long. <laughs> imagine it's like, like it's thinner than a tube sock, but it's a sock, but it's like, it's like as tall as the person. Like imagine, imagine that. That came out of me, out of my body. And I was so freaked out. I mean, I was so like in I, I'm like, oh my God, I have like a tapeworm from the Amazon, like one of those crazy things you hear about that only exist in like South, like South America. I don't know. You have one of those like really like from deep in the jungle somewhere kind of worm that like takes over your whole body. I was like, I was about to cry, right? I was in such shock. So I had to call her. <laughs> this is different because when you're on the table, there's no odor even though you're sitting there looking at your poop go by in this tube, it's not like you're la- you're there pooping, you know, because there's no smell. It's not gross. It's very, very, very clean, right? The whole way through. There was never, like she never had any contact with what was on the <laughs> inside of me, right? It felt very safe and very clean. And now I'm in the bathroom and it's not the same experience, right? It's going to the bathroom. And I had to like, I'm like, I can't flush this because I need to know if I have like a a worm from hell. Like I need to know. And if this is what that is, I need to know what it is so I can, so I can like identify it. And I was even like, if this is a worm, I need to pull this shit out of the toilet and like take a picture because ah, this cannot be real, right? I mean, I was (laughs) so intense. And I like call out to her. I was like, Christina, like, is it normal (laughs) for there to be something weird, like for it to look kind of strange? And she was like, well, explain it to me. (laughs) And then I explained it to to her. I'm like, kind of like, like a condom, kind of like a condom, but bigger, thicker, wider. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fascinating. Good job. That means you expelled a huge portion of phlegm from your colon, but you did it on your own. So it remained intact. And I'm like, I can't believe it. And then I'm like, wait. So when, when you pump water into your colon, it makes the phlegm like loosen. And what you see through that tube is like loose phlegm exiting your bowels. Right. But the phlegm in my case was so, so severe (laughs) And had accumulated for such a long time that it was solid. It was like a solid layer of of something that was lining, the inner lining of my fucking colon. And it came out in one piece. And this for me was the biggest, like it was the biggest health revelation I've had of my entire life. And I don't know, there's going to be people out there who listen to this now who do this kind of treatment all the time. Maybe this is super common. It happens to you all the time. Like she was like, yeah, oh, that's that doesn't happen all the time, but it's great that you could expel it on your own because that means you really got rid of like the whole piece of it in that part of your of your of your colon, which is very hard. It takes a long time to really get rid of all like of, of lifetime of phlegm that you've accumulated through eating shitty things. So maybe a lot of people listening to this are like, oh, that happens every time. Maybe it does. I don't fucking know, but I was in shock. Okay, I was in shock. I was in like... I cannot believe that I have been eating food every day, several times a day, 
digesting that food, going to the bathroom once or twice a day, just like I'm supposed to, like I don't have stomach issues. I'm never constipated. I never get diarrhea. I don't have stomach stuff. Like I'm always one of those people who like, I'm so lucky my stomach, like I have such a great digestion because I always, I always thought I had great digestion. And then all of a sudden, like I've been living my life digesting food, but not able to absorb what I need because I've had this fucking encrustment of phlegm covering the entire inside of my bowels. Like, and I know this is so much information, but I am like sitting here with my hands up in the air, like I'm talking to God, like I can't believe it. Like, it's no wonder I have been tired. No fucking wonder I've been tired. I mean, it's not surprising. I've had brain fog. I've felt fuzzy. I've felt like, like I've had a hard time to really connect. Like I've felt, I haven't felt creative. I felt, no, the word I've felt, you know what I've felt like? I've been sluggish. That word, that fucking word. I hate that word. Sluggish. Sluggish is the word that I've been feeling that kind of encompasses everything. And it also encompasses exactly what came out of me at the end of that treatment. That was like slug, (laughs) sluggishness came out. And um, holy shit, we finished the treatment. And at the end of it, it was all clear. Like it was all, all, all clear. And, uh, and then she was saying, this is a really good sign. The fact that like, we don't, we didn't have to go for four or five, like for all those hours. I, I did like how many did I do? Three, maybe two and a half like hours of being there in the active treatment. And she said, that means that like, you don't have to do this several times. Like you can do this once a year. You come back just for maintenance to take really good care of yourself. But all in all, she said, I had a very good stomach. Like she said, I had a good, like this was the phlegm is bad and it's because I'm eating wheat and I should be careful with not consuming too much oats. I'm going to try because I don't know if I believe it yet because I... I eat a lot of oats, but to try cutting out oats, see how I feel for now. And definitely every form of wheat. She gave me like a long, and it's not about, she said the gluten isn't the problem. The wheat is the problem. And when you eat gluten-free stuff, oftentimes it's like wheat with a gluten removed, which is even worse. Um, So she was like, don't substitute for a bunch of gluten-free stuff. Just cut all wheat out of your diet and don't substitute for like processed foods she said rye I could eat rye was really good and, and other kinds of things but anyway <laughs> at the end of that treatment I left there feeling like a billion dollars like it was that feeling of a weight being lifted that I felt three months into being vegan for the first time in my life it was that but like in an instant it was like snapping my fingers and that sluggishness was gone like I felt like I could pick up a car I felt like the adrenaline I felt was like so energetic. I felt so, 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 so good. And it's been three days since the treatment and I still feel so, 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 so good. I do. I feel clear. I feel clear headed, like really like cognitively, like in my, in my mind, something has shifted. I just feel on it. I feel focused. I feel inspired. I don't know. I, what I really think is that there must have been a lot of toxins accumulated in that phlegm that I was able to rid myself of during that treatment because I feel different. I really, really, really do. And a part of me was even like, I wonder how much, because think about the toxins present in your food. I mean, there's so much of it. It's tiny, tiny bits in everything, right? It's like everything is FDA approved and allowed. You're allowed to eat. In Sweden, we call it e additives, 
we're allowed to have that in our food. You're allowed. You're, it's okay to eat. It's okay to eat all these kinds of colorings and and aromas and and um, flavorings and like uh, stabilizers and preservatives, especially preserve like all that. It's like supposed to be okay, right? It's not okay. And you accumulate that in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, in a lifetime. Just think about how much toxic stuff is left in there. And I am so convinced that there is a connection between the anxiety I've been feeling and what was in my, what was in my stomach. Like I feel, I, and of course I don't have scientific proof that that is that. I don't have, I can show you the study that proves this point. I'm, I'm just my own study, right? And I know what I know. And this was, what I know is that this was for me a totally life changing treatment and I am going to be so mindful around what I put in my body from here on now. And I mean, I've been mindful all year, but I am now mindful to to a T. I feel so clear and so clean. I don't want to put a bunch of junk in there. You know, I really don't. So I am off wheat fully for the first time in my life. We're going to see how that works out. And then, of course, everything is like a test. You know, if in one month I feel nothing or no difference or whatever, maybe I'll, probably I'll, I'll eat it again you know but if I continue feeling really good and I feel good off wheat then that might be something that I incorporate into my into a lifestyle change I mean definitely and yes I already had a few comments from people who like don't agree that this is something you're supposed to do and and someone saying you know just trust your body your body knows how to expel toxins your digestive system works and your kidney and your livers they do that your your livers your kidneys and your liver they do that for you and I just say personally after this experience I completely disagree like speaking as someone who I who knows that she's had like a liver that doesn't function the way it's supposed to after having just been filled up to the brim of <laughs> with toxins, like more than my ability, my, than my body was able to detoxify. And I've seen that in the labs, you know, I've seen what's in my body. And I think getting to a place like that, probably not every day, it's not that you should do these big things all the time, but getting to a place where you're actually ill, right? Like questioning, like what regular doctors have told me my entire life. And I, what came out of me, what I could have never done that on my own. My body wasn't doing that for me on its own because it, it lost the ability to from living in a moldy house for eight years, right? Probably from eating non-organic foods for 30 years. I mean, there's a lot of stuff from smoking cigarettes. I smoke, I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day for seven years. You know, there's a lot of stuff that my body's had to go through and continues to go through, you know, I'm breathing polluted air every day. I'm in the city. I'm drinking water that isn't amazing. We are all exposed to toxins all the time. And if your body is functioning optimally, then yes, your body will detoxify for you naturally. But in my case, my body wasn't able to do that anymore. My body was overwhelmed. My body was tired and I felt sluggish. And now I don't. <laughs> so to each their own, I recommend everyone to never, ever, ever for sure, you know, hear about some random treatment that someone you follow on social media did and then you go do that. No, you know, this was not something I saw on Instagram or heard someone talk about in a podcast and then went, oh my God, I'm booking that tomorrow. Like this for me was years in the making, right? To, to and, and a lot of intuition bringing me to this place. So use your own intuition. If something is is calling you, if something is kind of feeling like that's you're navigating or feeling pulled to something, 
investigate that, research that, you know, not just researching in terms of online and, 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 and reading and things like that, but investigate that inside of yourself, right? Really feel into that space. Is this right for me or is it not? And if you find a good practitioner that can help you, you'll also know when you get to that place of, ah, oh, this feels good. Yeah. So don't just do something because Yoga Girl did it, right? That's what I'm trying to say. But if you feel interested in this and you feel called to do this, I mean, by all means, like I will, I'm already like I'm calling everyone I know. I'm just like my parents. Oh, like I think about my dad <laughs> who's had a lot of stomach stuff. I'm like, oh my God, he has to do it. I immediately thought about my mom. I was just thinking about my own anxiety and stuff. I was like, oh, I want to gift this to her. Like this whole big journey. And maybe that it's probably weird seeing that as we're not, you know, talking every day <laughs> but um it was just this intuitive thing like I want to gift this to people because for me this felt like such a gift and I know this is just the beginning of some of some journey um relating to my microbiome relating to my digestive system and also on that spiritual level of what is hard for me to digest in life emotionally what is undigested what is stuck inside making me feel sluggish right it's physical it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's energetic, it's all of that connected as one, you know, we can't just pick out one of the things. And I know that that sluggishness, I felt like it, it was related to what was in my physical stomach. And of course, related to what's been in my emotional heart, right, as well, like it all aligns and it all, it's like, I feel like, you know, that <laughs> A Beautiful Mind, that Russell Crowe movie, when like all the numbers come up and just like he sees everything makes sense. I know there's a meme like that out there that's kind of popular. That That's me right now. I don't know where it's taking me. I just, I'm sensing puzzle pieces. Like I'm playing Tetris right now with all the pieces of my life. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get to the end and win. Like I, I will. And um, I'll let you know when I get there. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this really personal <laughs> really personal episode of this podcast. I appreciate you just hanging in there with me and being on this journey with me. Thank you. Make sure you go to the bathroom today. <laughs> Take really good care of your body and uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's slightly different episode of the Yoga Girl podcast. And thank you so much to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll be back next week. <laughs>